What's cracking? All right, lots to get to on this Tuesday. Welcome to the program. I am Jim Rome. Despite what went down in Duval last night, I got a lot of good things to talk about, especially if you're a Bengals fan. Let's get it. Phone lines are wide open in hour number one. Savage is beside himself. Savage is like the rare fan. You know, I look back over my career and there have always been those times where there's always that one member of the staff that is still a fan that has now grown their childhood favorite team or favorite athlete. That's Savage. Like, Savage was AWOL last night. I'm like, where are you, Savage? Why are you not reaching out to me, Savage? We need to talk about tomorrow's show. Savage, where are you? Are you off the grid, Savage? Are you hiding from Florida State fans? Are you out killing people? Oh, I forgot. You're a Bengals fan. You put me on Do Not Disturb until after the game. Oh, I see. We're operating on Savage Time. Savage O'Clock. Come on, man. He cut out that little chip in the back of his neck. I couldn't track him any further. Anyway, he finally shows up. This dude's just walking around today, chest out, like he did something last night. Like he's Jamar Savage. T-Savage. Savage Mixon. Come on, man. He's still a fan. That's all right. That's good. You should be. All right, telephone number is toll-free, 1-800-636-8686. I'm going to hit you with that right now because we are open phones in hour number one. I've got, this is actually very nice the way it sets up. Rarely does it set up this nicely. I've got an interview at the top of hour number two. I've got an interview at the top of hour number three, meaning hour number one belongs to you. Once again, 1-800-636-8686. It's kind of an interactive process, right? I give you the phone number. You pick it up, you hit the digits, you get on the air, you say what's on your mind. If you'd rather participate via the X, that works too. Hit me up at Jim Rome, R-O-M-E. If you hit me up at at Jim, R-H-O-M-E, or R-O-A-M, like foam, I'm not going to see it. I I know it seems pretty ridiculous to say, but people do. Rome at HabitTake.com, same deal. Coming up the top of hour number two... I was chatting with a friend of mine yesterday. The truest jungle team in quite some time has got to be the Texans. Man, they've got so much karma. I mean, never mind, they've got so much young talent. And an unbelievable front office with Nick Casario, legend, and his staff. But they've got so much karma, and we're going to keep it going. Will Anderson Jr., The number three pick overall in this past draft, coming off a monster game in a huge win over Denver, is going to join me at the top of our number two. Bruce Feldman will join me at the top of our number three. He's written a column about the college football playoff and the selection committee, and he's got a different point of view than you may have. So we will get into that with him. So those are your two interviews. It's going to be a good day. Let's get started. It's going to be a good day unless you happen to reside in Duval. And I'm guessing your day already sucks. I'm guessing your night was horrible. It was for me, and I'm in SoCal. SoCal! And it just sucked for me because I laid the points. Memo to self. Rule to self. Never, 
ever lay double digits in an NFL game ever again. Big Head tried to talk me off that last night when I was commiserating with him. And by the way, nice job. Head, head won that game. Duval, that was rough. That was brutal. That was ugly. That was a horrible night that just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Hey, remember when we were talking about that whole number one seed thing? That whole control your destiny thing? That whole, you know what? You could actually run away with the AFC South thing. Remember all that? Remember all that? I do. Because it was freaking yesterday that we were having that conversation. Yo, that didn't last long. That fell apart pretty damn quickly. Now, don't get this twisted. Things were actually still okay with around six minutes left in the fourth quarter. No, the Jags did not play that well. In fact, they haven't played well at all. But they had the ball in a tie game and a chance to take the lead and get the hell out of there with that one seed still intact. Then Trevor Lawrence got his ankle turned inside out and bent backwards. Looked like he put it on backwards and then flattened. We're still waiting to see the extent of that, but for right now, it apparently looks like it's a sprain. So it looks like it looked a lot worse than what it actually is, but we're still waiting for more information. And the reason it looks so bad is because Trevor, I think, is still limping down that tunnel. I don't think he ever actually made it to his destination. Yo, Jags, um, where the hell do you keep the carts? How do you not have a ride ready for your franchise quarterback after your franchise quarterback put his ankle on backwards? Not even backwards. Like, he was pointed in four different directions. And my man is hobbling to the locker room. <laughs> that had to have been one of the most absurd optics ever on MNF. Your franchise QB limping and gimping his way down the longest stadium tunnel ever ever with no golf cart in sight on national TV chronicling every last painful step isn't Florida like the golf cart capital of the world I feel like there are more golf carts than people in the state of Florida but not a cart anywhere near the tunnel or near the franchise quarterback as always make that make sense Jags Can I also preface this by saying you know this? I love Duval. I love the Jags. I was so fired up for that. But I have a question for you. Did they make him walk to the hospital for x-rays also? They probably told him, you know what, my man? Walk it off. Don't drive home. Keep it loose. Keep that ankle loose. Walk home. Do not drive your car. Better just to walk all the way home. And before... And before you try to tell me that he may have turned down a cart, yeah, I don't think so. You see how miserable that guy looked? You see how much in pain he appeared to be? Taking the tiniest, most painful steps ever down the longest stadium tunnel ever. I'm guessing that guy would have taken a cart. I don't really think he would have turned down a cart. What, not, not even a wheelchair? Not even a Paul Pierce wheelchair. Not even a skateboard. Not even a little scooter that they have for geriatrics at Costco. 
A walker? Nothing? What, was the golf cart guy doing donuts in the parking lot? I mean, anyway, thankfully it could have been worse. Could have been so much worse. I mean, it would not appear that his season's over. I, I don't know, but the only speculation is he'll be back. It could be worse for him, unlike that game, though, for the Jags, which went about as badly as it possibly could. It's generally pretty bad when you take an undrafted quarterback. Again, Savage, you're going to have to leave the room. Just like yesterday when we were talking about the selection committee, because we're talking about your team. You've made it pretty clear that you still live and die with this squad. It's usually time to die. It's usually pretty bad when you take an undrafted quarterback who has never won a start. And you turn this guy into John Elway, Thank you to Joe John Montana, Elway. and Johnny Unitas all rolled into one. Hey, John. That's not easy to do, and that's exactly what the Jacks did to Jake Browning last night. Taking nothing away from Jake Browning. I mean, couldn't be more impressed with this guy. But let's not forget, he's Jake Browning. Look at this guy's numbers. 32 of 37. 354 yards. A passing TD, a rushing TD, no turnovers, and most importantly, no freaking pulse. This dude's a flatline, man, and I mean that in the best way possible. Jake Browning, in a Monday night game, on the road, against the supposed alleged AFC number one seed. I mean, Jags D, good job, good effort. And by good job, good effort, I mean, the hell was that? What was that? At least we know one thing for sure. That's no number one seed. That doesn't even look like a play. And if you're going to be like, hey, Rome, bitter much? Bitter much? Yes. Yes, I am. And I'll tell you why. It's not because I lost some bet. I don't give a damn about that. But I'll tell you what I am bitter about. I'm bitter that I was the guy sitting here yesterday saying, Hey, man, this is an opportunity. This is a potential number one seed. This is a team that knows they're a number one seed. This is a team that knows the entire nation's going to be watching. Duval is going to be getting ready for this all day long. This is a moment. This is a moment. And then that. Then they take a big dump in their pants. Yeah, I know. Only one game. Only one game and one enormous dump in their pants. Yeah, I'm bitter. I expect a hell of a lot more than what I saw last night. At least last night, we had that conversation. Then they got torched by an undrafted quarterback who had never won a start before. And maybe the worst part is Jacksonville got an absolute gift. And it still was not enough to win this game. Essentially, a free touchdown. And before I get into one of the ugliest plays that I've ever seen in my entire life, let me be very clear about this. This is a big Tyler Boyd house. And the reason for that is that dude is an awesome, dynamic receiver. This is not a big Tyler Boyd house, though, because he is an awesome, dynamic quarterback. So I've got absolutely no idea why Zach Taylor decided to dial up a double pass for Boyd when his actual QB was burning hotter than the surface of the sun itself. However, spoiler alert, 
That did not work out very well. From the 25-yard line, first and 10. Shotgun snap to the Bengal quarterback. Goes laterally caught by Boyd. He wants to throw, and he does it. He throws an interception. It's caught by Allen. He goes from the 20 to the 10. The hash mark to the 9. Down he goes. I don't know what they were doing there. The wide receiver caught the lateral pass, trying to throw it back across the field. Picked off by the Jaguar. Now it's first and goal at the 9. Oh, my goodness. Quote, I don't know what they were doing there. Oh, my goodness. Kevin, my man, nor do I. That's got to be on the short list of worst plays I've ever seen. I've got no idea what anybody is thinking on that play. I have no idea why that play was called. I have no idea why that play's in the playbook. I have no idea why that ball was thrown. I have no idea what my dude Ty is looking at. I don't understand how any of that happened. If you told me Cincinnati was intentionally trying to gift-wrapped Jacksonville 7. That would make more sense to me than the idea that anybody thought that play was actually going to work. And yet somehow, the Jags took that straight 7-point gift in a home primetime game against an undrafted quarterback, backup quarterback, and they still found a way to lose that game? So let me throw some credit to Cincinnati. Not for that horrific pick, but for pretty much everything else they did all night long. And for pretty much saving their season on the road in prime time, once again, as double-digit underdogs. And yes, they kept their season alive. Not only did they keep their season alive, these guys literally still have a look at the playoffs. They do. As bad a loss as that was for the Jags, that was brass as hell for Cincinnati. So credit for that. Credit for all of that. Well, except for that one play call. For real. But credit for everything else. Let's see what else. Credit to Orlando Brown Jr. for dropping a, quote, jackass on all the doubters during a TD celebration in the second quarter. My dude looked right into the camera, made direct eye contact with all of America, and blasted all of us between the eyes with this. Wow. Epic jackass blast. Jackass! Orlando, my man, but but why? Explain why you just hit us with a jackass blast. Jackass? Uh, I mean, honestly, man, I was uh, getting ready pregame. I seen all the uh, picks pregame, and, uh, you know, everyone had Jacksonville out there to win. I don't know. I just, just seemed like right in the moment. So, jackass. Incredible. Two things. Two things. Number one, incredible. Incredible. That he just looked right into the camera and screamed, jackass. Jackass! And that was for us to interpret. And he had to know that he'd be asked about that afterwards. And then he had such an incredible response. That was so great. That was for everybody that picked against us. In other words, he was talking to me. He was talking to me. I'm only sorry he didn't go, hey, Rome, jackass. Jackass! Because I'm thinking maybe he heard Big Head Bets, and he heard me throw down on the Jags, and he was like, jackass! Jackass! And he's right. That is absolutely incredible. One of my favorite moments of the entire NFL season, him looking into a camera and just blasting out, jackass! Jackass! And by the way, to some of the losers on the X, stop Quote, Xing awesome stuff. 
and talking about fines. Nobody needs you clipping that incredible celebration and adding, gonna get a fine in the morning. I got a better idea. How about you get a life in the morning? How about you pay this guy in the morning? Count your own money clowns. Why are we actively rooting for dudes to get fined, and especially for when they're doing awesome stuff? How about we just enjoy awesome stuff and let the league and the teams and the players handle the business end of it? Believe me, the Shield finds enough reasons to find people. They don't need you narcs on the X. Jackass. Jackass. You narcs on the X are worse than you narcs watching PGA golf and finding rules violations and reporting them. You're even worse than those losers. Jackass. At least golf is a so-called gentleman sport where they self-report and there are nerds who have nothing better to do. But you're coming for that guy? Fine him. Thank him. Like I am. He may even be talking about me and I want to thank him. You don't need to snitch on Orlando Brown for dropping an epic jackass blast. And you don't need to snitch out Jamar Chase either for keeping it real with NFL media after the game. Look, sometimes you ask a dude what was said in a huddle and generally what you get is a really boring generic answer. Then... Sometimes you ask a dude what was said in a huddle and you get something incredible like this. That final drive in overtime, you get guys get the ball, you need to get in field goal range. What was said in the huddle? Really just fight, man. Just keep fighting, you know what I'm saying? We stepping on your neck, just might as well slit their throat while we're here, you know what I'm saying? So just keep fighting, y'all. That's all I said. Oh, is that all? Can I get a hell yes? Or do you want to find me too for getting behind him? Is that all you said? We're stepping on their neck. We might as well slit their throat while we're here. Might as well, dude. As long as you're down there, you might as well finish them. Incredible. Might as well slit their throat while we're here, you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, dude, and I could not appreciate it more. You want to know why Cincinnati walked out of there with their first MNF road win since 1990? That's why. Because they are there to step on throats and slit them. Might as well slit their throat while we're here, you know what I'm saying? So. And let everybody know who thought otherwise that they're jackasses. That's why they got out of there. We talked about it yesterday, the big jackass. head and I, about their record in prime time, on the road, how horrible it was. Another reason why I didn't mind laying the points. Well, that's how they got the hell out of there. Because of that attitude, because of that energy, because of that dude balling the hell out. Yes, Jake Browning was great, taking nothing away from that guy. Awesome. But he had the best help that a quarterback can have in Jamar Chase going absolutely crazy. Nuts. He already reminded us earlier this year that he is, quote, always bleeping open. It's true. And it's true whether Joe Burrow was on the field or not. Just ask Tyson Campbell. Man, Jamar is just ice cold. Big game player. Big time player. Game-changing playmaker, and on top of all of that, he also casually just says things in the overtime huddle like, we're stepping on their neck, might as well slit their throat while we're here. We're stepping on your neck, just might as well slit their throat while we're here, you know what I'm saying? So just keep fighting, y'all. That's all I said. I know exactly what you're saying. That's all I said, man. 
just slit their throat. Save your Orenthal resets. They're not funny. Anyway, that's the swag that Cincy had last night. And that's the swag that the Jags completely lacked last night. That's why the Jags just had their number one seed and their so-called controlled destiny snatched from them in their own house in front of the whole world last night. You know why? They got their throats slashed. That's why. At this point, I'm not even sure who the actual best team really is right now in that sloppy mess of an AFC. Maybe Miami. Maybe Baltimore. But I'll tell you who it's not. It's not Jacksonville. And yeah, I'm fired up because yesterday I actually tried to make that argument. Hey, you know what? Maybe it's the karma-filled Texans. Hey, why stop there? If not the Texans, maybe it's the Colts. That's how wide-ass open the AFC is. I just know this. It's not Javel. Sorry, Duval. Sorry to the Queen, Ms. Nika. But not sorry to any of the Jags, though, because y'all stunk up the joint last night. I've got more thoughts on that. I, I want You know what I want to know? I want to know what Jacoby Myers thought of that Tyler Boyd pick because that was my favorite play up until then. I'll save that thought. 1-800-636-8686. Why don't we get some reaction in here before we go to break? Hey, Rome. Tenderonis weren't the only thing being ruined in Duval last night. Regards... Trevor Lawrence's ankle and probably the Jag season. Is go to the games, get drunk, find a little tenderoni, and take him home for the night and ruin him. I'm out. Sounds like a pretty good plan. Scott and Crabchester, we don't know. They're going to do more tests. We have to find out the extent of the injury. You know, could he go this week? Could he go next week? I, we don't know. We don't know if their season's over. We just know that was one really, really bad night, and it might get worse. At Saltier, 2023 is in, quote, I figured Ms. Nika would have carried Trevor down the hall like a groom carrying his bride over a threshold. Wow, Sarah. Hey, Sarah, don't you have enough issues with your two-win Patriots team? Abigail's in. Look at the lady crones coming in. Sarah's in, Abigail's in, and Romy's my homie tweets, I'm fearing for the tenderonies last night. Bring a bucket and a shovel at Nika989. OM, C20, bring a Bible and a seatbelt. I'm out. Brian CNSP writes, sorry, Trevor. I would let you use my hover round. But I was in my new beach house in Miami. Well, it's near the beach. Signed a Jacksonville lady. You can't have lady. a newcomer come in and steal, steal the, the show. show. Except, except, sir, ma'am, except Browning just did. Steal the show. He, it's exactly what he did. He stole the show. He came in and he, he you just said we can't let a newcomer come in and steal the show. Except that's exactly who he is and what he did. And by the way, stop lying. You don't live on the beach. You live near the beach. He's not only a newcomer, he's undrafted and had never won an NFL game before. And he came in and he looked like John Elway, Dan Marino, 
been 20 years since then. We and Troy Aikman all rolled into one, and he stole the show. Dan Bellino? Hey, can I get a cigarette? Dan Marino. You got a, you got a non-filter for me. Thank you to John Elway. You can't have Thank you to Alan DeLauro. Hey, how about Alvy yesterday on the air? Can we not lose track of that fact? Alvy was incredible yesterday. Or Steve Nash would say, Alvin was incredible. Nash knows. Come on, dude. Don't be so humble. Fire that cut. He deserves an incredible amount of praise. There you go. Was that so hard? Jim, we're back. Not everybody has your ability, Alvin. Everybody wrote us off, but we didn't write back. How did Jake Burrow, or Browning, look last night? He picked the Jags D apart. Ian in the natty wore those slick white uniforms and helmets that the Bengals wore last night. Yeah, yeah, Ian, way to call your shot yesterday. Remember when you did that? Neither do I. And then this one, turtleneck in the box. Will Anderson Jr., completely worth the number three pick, even though many questioned it. He has been nothing short of dominant, especially for a rookie. Can't wait to hear this interview, and you can bet Nick Casario will be listening too, since your show is blaring in the Texans' front office. Joe in H-Town. Hey, listen, that was a genius draft pick. He absolutely was worth the third pick overall. He's having a defensive rookie of the year caliber type season. He's been really good against the run. Finding himself now and rushing the quarterback. Great draft pick. In fact, they've made a series of great draft picks. And one of the all-time great hires in D'Amico Ryans. What I'm saying is my man Nick Casario and his staff have done a hell of a job. And they've got so much jungle karma. I love, love the Texans. And I love that draft pick. And I'm looking forward to getting caught up with him. I spoke with him prior to the draft. I don't know how many of you remember that. Will Anderson came on the program and we talked about where he might end up. And he was hyped. He was pumped to find out where he was going to end up. I'm going to ask him this, but I'd be hard-pressed to imagine him ending up at a better spot than he did. You know, so, so much of it is situation, fit, scheme, the team, the guys around you. What an amazing spot for him to end up. Great pick, great spot. And here it is, finally. I'm glad one of you got to this. Rome, great segment with at Alvin DeLauro to end the show yesterday. Alvy is the nice, likable, soft-spoken young man that you want your daughter to date. Until he starts pumping her full of baby batter? What? Dude, you did not. Ken. Hey, hey, Tommy. Maybe that phrase that you just put on top of that extreme warning, maybe you put it on there before I read that, not after. Retroactive extreme warnings don't work. Maybe bigger font and maybe before you actually put that on. You are the gatekeeper, yo. How about this? How about we ban the use of the phrase baby batter? How about that? Can you get on board with that, Columbia? Wow, dude. Hey, man, I said take some chances. I didn't say give me baby batter tweets. Okay. 
Okay. There is a 28-minute open if you need me. How many people can do that? One. Clones. Got a question for you. Why is Old Trapper beef jerky so sensational? Why don't we start with the fact that it's a family-run business, and they know their business, and they stand by quality, and they simply produce the world's best beef jerky. Fact. Do not be fooled by other brands. <laughs> Makes me laugh every single time I say this, but I know a lot of you think that beef jerky is beef jerky. How could it be any different? I mean, it's absurd. Of course there's a difference. Make sure you choose Old Trapper. You can actually see the quality right through their iconic Clearview packages. They manufacture it, and they package it that way because they want you to see exactly what you're getting. And then when you fire open that package, you'll find that every single bite of Old Trapper is tender and it's never tough because they use just the best ingredients. They don't have to. They could do it more cheaply. They could take a shortcut. They know better. Just the best ingredients. From their lean strips of beef... They're always seasoned with top-quality spices to their real wood-fired smoke. Old Trapper delivers quality in every single bite. So when you go to get it, make sure that you ask for it by name if you don't see it. I'm sure you will see it. But if you don't see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky comes anywhere near Old Trapper. Old Trapper, what is your beef? You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. All right, got ourselves a short segment right here because that first segment was so long. Quickly. Got good things coming up for you, too. Quick reminder, I've got Will Anderson Jr. top of hour two. Bruce Feldman, top of hour number three. Telephone number is 1-800-636-8686. If you want to go in a different direction, go ahead and hit me up. We can talk about anything you want. Jimmy, ask Jack Savage how many necks that he has stepped on and slashed. Scott in the 716. He's not in a throat-slashing mood right now. Unless Florida State's coming for him. He's in a good mood right now. His team won last night. And he wasn't even there. And he wasn't even there. At Drunk Bowler 857. Jackass! Rome. Well, at a roundabout and the person in front of him won't go. That's not my biggest issue with the roundabout. It's not that they won't go. It's that they won't yield. They don't know what the word yield means. I can't tell you how many near collisions I've had just playing a game of chicken with these idiots. Yield. Yield means stop for the other person coming through. Another lady clone. Romy. Not even a piggyback ride from a D-lineman. It's like the Jags were like, walk it off, wimp. You don't need no stinking golf cart. There had to be a reason for it, right? Hey, Jim, the only thing missing last night was a kid offering Trevor Lawrence's Coke, Ed Nesse. Well done, dude. Well done. Hey, Tommy, you're not laughing. Do you not understand that reference? Are you too young? Do you understand that reference? I'm going to read it again for you. Jim, the only thing missing last night was a kid offering Trevor Lawrence his Coke. I mean, you you obviously get it. You put it in front of me. So true. That was Mean Joe Green, one of my idols, because, again, I was a Steeler fan growing up. Biggest commercial in the world. 
Joe, gimping down the tunnel. Some kid. Hey, Mr. Green, you want my Coke? If somebody should have splashed Trevor's ankle with Coke, that probably would have fixed it. I just want you to know, I think, I think you're the best ever. Yeah, sure. Want my Coke? It's okay, you can have it. No, no. Really, you can have it. Look at Alvin DeLauro pulling that sound. Well done. That passed as a commercial in the 70s. Not only a commercial, but like an award-winning commercial. A commercial that changed the world. Like 60 seconds that changed the world. Some kid. I love that Mean Joe Green, Hall of Famer, is walking by himself down the tunnel. And some kid just pops out of nowhere with a Coke. Then all of a sudden, my guy's like doing cartwheels. My guy's pinning his ear backs. Pinning his ears back and going after Kenny Stabler. After his coke. Good job, Ed. Nice effort. All right, let's get out. I like it. So far, so good. I want to mix in Jacoby Myers, too. You know he's got to have a take on this, right? Never, ever, ever, ever forget that play. I shouldn't have to see what I saw last night. To remind the world of Jacoby Myers and that play last year. Maybe my favorite play. Well, I don't have a favorite play, but I'm going to put that in my top 10 for sure. Let's get you a sports update because I'm really late. Here it is. Live from Southern California. This is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. So you see what happens last night to Trevor Lawrence. We're not doctors, but it looked bad, right? It looked really, really bad. He had a teammate pushed into him, steps on him. And Lawrence looks like he puts on his ankle backwards, and it looks terrible. And he's gimping his way down the tunnel. The longest walk ever. How could you not fear the worst? How could you not assume that their season ended right then and there? Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Tom Pelissero on the X moments ago writes, Jags, Jaguars, coach Doug Peterson says, QB Trevor Lawrence has, quote, just a right high ankle sprain, end of quote. Everything looks stable. They'll see how he looks this week. All right, so I'm no doctor, but whenever I hear high ankle sprain, I think that's bad. You know why I think that's bad? Because generally it is bad. However, if you read that, he says, quote, everything looks stable. That's a good sign. Stability is obviously key here. And let's see how he looks this week. So maybe disaster avoided. Maybe. Not a good thing, but it could be a lot worse. Jamie in Green Bay writes, I wish some kid offered me their Coke. Chris Forster. You know, I can really save myself and you a lot of trouble by just writing these things for you because it's not like I don't know they're coming. I would have bet my house, my house, that that was coming. And I would have bet something of lesser value, maybe my car, that Jamie and Green Bay would have sent it. Your clones are, if anything, extremely predictable. 
Let me go back to that Tyler Boyd pick. <laughs> and the fact that I think that my man Jacoby Myers even thought that was over the top. If Tyler Boyd was paying tribute to Jacoby Myers' hero pass from last year, then I'm cool with it. Then he succeeded. The sequel, of course, is never better than the original. But man, it brought back the goosebumps, didn't it? Mac Jones hands it off on a draw to Ramondre Stevenson. Breaks out of a tackle at the 50. Has the 45. Breaks away from another tackle. Pitches it backwards. And now Jacoby Myers spinning around. He throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield. Interception for Chandler Jones. Racing towards the end zone. It scores. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness. Oh my I can't believe what I just saw. Again. I can't believe what I just saw. None of us this could. This is unbelievable. I got <laughs> Wow. On the first Good days. It's a miracle in Las Vegas. Speaking of stinking things up, was that Tua playing Tears in Heaven on guitar with Peyton and Eli singing? Jump off sides. The Bengals jumped off sides. <laughs> really good as hard the first down. Oh, I got this. I got this. Please, no. No one wants to hear you sing. <laughs> Keep going, Tua. Keep going. You're perfect. Great job of using the cadence. God, me. You need to work on your cadence. And what do you say we never, ever, ever do that during an over-air broadcast ever again? Somebody help me out here. Isn't Tears in Heaven about Eric Clapton's four-year-old son falling out of a window? Isn't that what that song's about? Like, you clones are constantly bringing up, My name is Luca. My name is Luca. And being on a second floor. Being about child abuse thinks that it, that that's in poor taste. You clones constantly running that up in here. Thinks that this is in poor taste. I don't know, maybe class it up. I mean, the Mannings are one of the ultimate brands. But maybe you class that up and you leave Clapton out your mouth. Listen to what these dudes did to this song. Keep going, Tua. Keep going. You're perfect. No, don't Great keep going, Tua. You're not perfect. Hey, Alvin, can I have Eric Clapton? Y'all are mocking that? You're using that. Did anybody working that broadcast last night have any idea what that song was about? If they did, man, it's in really bad form. If they knew and they didn't care, that's in really bad form. If they knew and they didn't care, were they doing it for what? Uh, I don't even want to venture a guest. I'm not going to say how to do your job because I don't want anybody telling me how to do my job. But if I were you, I would keep Eric Clapton's name out of your mouth, especially as it relates to subject matter like that. Maybe somebody look at a lyric sheet before they feed it to their guests or themselves. All right, telephone number is toll-free. You know this. 1-800-636-8686. <laughs> hey, Rome. Hey, Coog Hunter. 
What's up, baby boy? Dino in Vegas. Dino, it's sort of funny, and I should have teased that. I've got thoughts on that. But the only thing worse than the Manning brothers singing, Dino, is you singing. The Manning brothers sound terrible when they sing. My problem with them was, I mean, they're, they can get away with it. They're the Manning brothers. Brother. It's just the song that they chose. You, on the other hand, can't get away with anything because you're not the Manning bros. You're Dino in Vegas. And you sound even worse than them. And you wrecked another great song. In other words, keep the replacements out your mouth. They need to keep Clapton out their mouth. And you need to keep Paul Westerberg out your mouth. Dino, my name out your mouth. personally, I would like to keep your name out my mouth, Dino, but it's nearly impossible to do because you won't stop hammering me with bad takes. War, the Las Vegas, I can't hey, Coog Hunter, what's up, baby boy? What's up, baby boy? Eddie, Eddie, what's up, baby boy? Up, with baby your baby boy, Coog's having another bad week. That story about him not allegedly not wanting to play because he was afraid of getting hurt. Have you seen that report? I'll get there. But not before I do something way more important. And that is to have a conversation with Will Anderson Jr. You know why I say that's way more important? Because anything having anything to do with the Texans is way more important than almost anything in the NFL right now to me. And especially way more important than anything to have that has anything to do with the Jets and the Coog Hunter, who may or may not want the ball, depending on who you believe. The only thing more incredible than the Jets wanting to give him the ball is him not wanting the ball. Is this even real life? Will Anderson Jr. next.